in Brackle Leisure Centre. Oh. Oh. I, feel, I feel kind of sad about that actually, because yeah. uh, Brackle Leisure Centre has been a really uh, special place for me in terms of you know where the church meets, and uh, you know we've been meeting here since yeah. I think since about is it 2001 or something like that, so 18 years or something crazy. And I remember you know the first time we came, and uh, you know it's really been a great time for me of being a preteen. Team, uh, you know, becoming a Christian. I remember, you know, uh, being yeah, very some very special memories. But it's a real uh, privilege to be able to preach uh, to, 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 to to teach tonight, and I really pray that uh, you know God uses me in a in a great way, and I prayerfully it's helpful. Uh, me and Guy are going to share about uh, some visits we recently did on a Hope Volunteer Call. Does anyone know? Does anyone not know what a Hope Volunteer Corps is? I imagine there's a few of us who do not know. So tell us. I'll tell us. I'll tell everybody. So, as many of us know, we as a church are affiliated with a really great charity called Hope Worldwide. And Hope Worldwide does a great job all over the world. It originated here in the UK back in the uh, around the year 1990, and um, you know it helps people in the UK with uh, people who have substance uh, addiction issues, housing and things like that, helps house people who are on the street, and it works all over the world to do uh, great, really great things to help people who are in need all over the world. And um, recently, in the last probably 10 years or so, this, this uh, program called Hope Volunteer Corps has cropped up. Hope Volunteer Corps is, is, is a chance for people with certain with certain uh, specialised skills or any sort of skills sometimes to go and serve in another country to go and help people who are less fortunate than themselves. So I went uh, very recently and visited Kathmandu in Nepal and uh, G went to visit the Philippines, is that right? Indonesia. Indonesia, sorry. Um, <laughs> Indonesia. And um, we, we basically got to, to take part in one of these Hope Volunteer Corps programmes. And uh, we're just going to share a bit about our experiences. Now, as far as I felt, Hope Volunteer Corps, I've done this is my second time going to Nepal. I got back last Saturday. I was away for two weeks. Very simply, Hope Volunteer Corps is a taste of heaven. It is, as far as I'm concerned, the closest experience that anybody gets that I've, I've ever got to experiencing heaven this side of, uh, you know, of, of, of my life, you know, so far. And uh, you know the, the real uh, the chance to serve other people, the relationships you build with the rest of the Christians from all over the world and those in the country that you go to, really make it an incredible, incredible experience. Your relationship with God grows. Uh, you feel more inspired to serve God back from you know where you came from back in Thames Valley, and um, it really was an absolute taste of heaven. And that's what I'm going to talk a bit about today. And me and G are going to share a bit about why. Hope Volunteer Corps was so good, and hopefully we'll persuade some of you to try a little Hope Volunteer Corps yourselves one day in the future. Next slide. So this is my Hope Volunteer Corps in Kathmandu. This is um, so I went last year, like I said, and I got to do a bit of uh, a bit of my use a little bit of my dental skills, uh, which is great. Great to be able to go somewhere and apply your you know dental skills, which aren't necessarily that available in a country like Nepal, and be able to teach a lot of children, a lot of uh, you know people who are in need who don't get access to a dentist, to teach them what they need to do to take care of their teeth and help them get access to a dentist, which they wouldn't have otherwise. 
a really great blessing and a great opportunity, a great way where God's given me a great, uh, great career and uh, it's great that he's given me a chance to use it to help people, not just who are uh, in the first world, but also those who are in the third world as well. Next slide. So Hope Volunteer Corps works where you end up halfway across the world in Nepal, or I ended up halfway across the world in Nepal, and you basically, when you get there, you get a new family. So you leave, I leave Tim and Chevy, mum and dad, behind, and uh, I leave Alice behind, and I find a new family here. So I find a new family of, uh, you know, mostly, mostly disciples. You have some people who come along and sort of thinking about being disciples or have some sort of, some sort of faith. And um, you basically spend the next however long with them. So I spent two weeks with these, this very special group of people. And you spend all your time with them. You stay in the same hotel. You, uh, this is us in the hotel. You have uh, uh, devotional groups and things like that each day. And you really, by the end of the time uh, away, you really feel like you've got to know these people deeper than you ever could have imagined. And you come away with some incredible new friendships. So a very simple rundown of a, of a, of a, a, a day on Hope Volunteer Corps. You get up, you get to have your, your, your quiet time, you go and have breakfast, and uh, you then have a, a, a devotional group to uh, inspire you for the day ahead and motivate you for, for Jesus. And uh, then you go off, we went off on some, some Nepalese buses and went off to uh, either the Hope, the, uh, the, the Hope School in Kathmandu or the Hope Centre, which uh, JP uh, put together, very, very, um, you know, helped put together in, in, uh, in Chai Mali. JP, by the way, is not just a hero in Nepal, he is a legend. <laughs> <laughs> he is a star for the Nepalese. He is, as far as they are concerned, just, you know, a great, a great hero for them, and someone I think many people uh, just in Nepal really look up to. So I think, you know, on behalf of the, the Nepalese brothers and sisters, I think they want to say a huge thank you. Namaste. Namaste. And, uh, you know, Danny Bird, Danny, I learned a bit of Nepalese very badly. And, uh, you know, but they're so grateful, Jay, uh, John. I think, um, you know, you hear so many times people say just thank, you know, just basically just John Partington is a hero. And that's it very simply. I've got a, a present from uh, the, the, the leaders of um, Hope Nepal. Uh, Anu and Gulshan for you and Rose, and they're just so grateful for you. And it's just, it's, it, again, it's a great inspiration, I think, to all of us here in the UK to see someone using their talents for God, not just where it's easy, but also overseas. So I just want to say thank you greatly for that, and you know, huge thanks from Paul. So, yeah, you, you go off on your little bus to uh, wherever you're going to serve. So, uh, the Hope School or the Hope Centre uh, in a little village, the, the Hope Centre's in a little village outside. Uh, Kathmandu, the village is called Chamale, and um, you get a chance to serve the people very much on the ground. And uh, you do that, you do that for a morning, then you have some sort of Nepalese lunch, and uh, then you do it again in the afternoon, you do more service in the afternoon, and then you drive back on the bus back to the hotel. Uh, then you have a little bit of free time, then you, you know, build some of those great friendships. You have dinner together, more Nepalese food, and then you finally have tea groups, and then generally you're so shattered that you just go to bed. And uh, for me, in the, uh, the, each day was kind of intermingled with illness. Uh, many, many periods during the, uh, the uh, you know, the, the, the time. Certainly, my my Irish Irish intestinal system, thanks to my to my mum, is not suited to Nepalese curry and those sorts of things. I, think, I need to say no more. And uh, you know, but it, you know, it's, it's the same thing happened last time. And I was just like, oh, it's so great. I'm just gonna go again. I'm just gonna heal again. So, uh, 
the day, I was known as I was known as very ill many times, and people were thinking there was something wrong with me or something. I just thought I'd blame my mum. So no, it's a joke. Um, but you basically spend all your time with the Christians. Next slide. You get to meet some of the Nepalese brothers and sisters as well. Here's some of the Nepalese sisters here. There are some of the brothers. Um, this is an especially good friend of mine called Suzanne. He's a really good friend who I knew from last year, and he's just a, a really special, special brother. The, really amazing, the most amazing thing to me about the Nepalese brothers and sisters, two things. One is their humility. They're so willing to serve, regardless of how much serving they've done already that day. They just literally, you know, they get told to do something and they'll do it. There's no questions asked. They're so humble in their service. And also, their hearts of how they spend their time is incredible. <coughs> most of these guys are aged about 20 years old. They have, uh, they have uh, college courses that they do every day. They have jobs that they do every day. And they use their spare time to come and basically run home worldwide in Nepal. They basically, you know, there's, there's Anu and Gulshan who are, who are an older couple. And, you know, they oversee everything. But the, the, the real workforce is done by these 20-year-olds who basically give up all their time to serve people and to serve God. It's just an incredible heart they have. You know, there's no complaining. There's no, there's no, oh, it's too hot, and there's no, oh, I've done enough service for today. There's just more and more service. It's such an amazing uh, example to me of humility and an example of wholeheartedness. Mm -hmm. um, so this is us at the school. Uh, the school here, so each of the kids have their little classrooms, and I think that's class, class one and class two, and the ages from about probably four years old up to about, uh, you have some kids who are about 15. And, uh, you know, it's very, very, they're very, very sweet, sweet little children. And, and the thing is, the reason why they're there is, is because their parents don't have enough money to send them to a reasonable private school in uh, Nepal. And because of that, they're, they're funded into the Hope School and, uh, you know, they get, they, get, they get taught there. And it's really, really special. Some of, the, some of the kids, the only substantial meal they will get each day is lunch at the Hope School. And, uh, you know, being on the Hope Volunteer Corps, we had a chance to, you know, feed them, you know, give them their food and things like that, and, you know, get to, get to know them. They're very, very joyful and very, very special. And again, you spend the rest of your time there with the rest of the, the brothers and sisters from all over the world. So we had some people from uh, America, some people from Canada, some people from Korea. Um, you know, there were some typical Americans there. There was one guy who'd never seen the ocean before. He'd seen the ocean once in California, never been on a plane, got off the plane on Qatar Airways, and he was like, whoa, what a descent. <laughs> it's like, you know, I've never experienced anything like that. And uh, you know, you have the Canadians, you have, um, uh, where, where are they? You have Nancy, Nancy there, and Greg. They did a fantastic job leading the, uh, the, the Hope Corps. And then you have one of the Koreans called Victor, He's another dentist, so I got to meet dentists from another country, which is very cool. We were sort of the uh, the oral hygiene team <laughs> in Nepal, drafted in from, from from Seoul and Amesbury, uh, <laughs> getting on the map, and um, you know we were able to very much you know build a very special sort of connection. And I'm sure Mara looks like he wants to go next year. So um, that's us at the Hope School. Next slide, please. And this is us at the the uh, the, the village. Um, the centre in Chaimale, it's really interesting because last year I got to see the centre just before it was finished and it was looking good and uh, I went back this year and now it looks brilliant. I mean it is finished, again the rock star JP has, has done his work and you know, JP's shaking his head, it is true. Uh, um, you, know, he, you know, it looks awesome, it's fantastic, you know we had a chance to serve people medically, dentally and in terms of 
disaster relief because as you know with the earthquake from a few years ago we were able to uh, you know provide uh, a way for the, the citizens of Chamale to get clean water uh, if there is another earthquake and teaching them to sort of hide in the right places if there is another earthquake and uh, just a really 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 special time and I think when I was away I really felt like you know this is a taste of heaven the, the, the depth of relationships with the other Christians, both Nepalese, Canadian, crazy American, or uh, Korean. I hope Americans are watching. I hope you are. You are crazy. And, uh, you know, the depth of relationship that, that I was able to experience was absolutely incredible. And I thought to myself, why is it that the, I'm getting such a, a deep and rich sense of friendship and such a deep, rich sense of brotherhood? Such a deep, rich sense of you know a friendship from this experience, and I was thinking about that, and I sort of came to a conclusion of why I one of the reasons why I was able to get such an amazing uh, kind of depth of connection there. Next slide. You know, I thought about it, and I really thought the reason, one of the reasons why we were able to be so close, able to get so much out of the experience, was the fact that we were all driven by a common purpose. And that's the point I want to talk about this evening. You know, when you're on, when you're on a Hope Youth Corps, Hope Medical Corps, Hope um, Volunteer Corps, there's many names for a Hope Corps, and um, you really are in a, in a situation where the only way is to serve. The only way is to serve God, the only way is to get to know God better, and the only way is to love other people. There really isn't another thing you can do. And everybody is in the same situation, whether you feel ill, whether you feel... Um, you know, homesick, whether you feel, uh, you know, crazy uh, or, or anything, whether you feel, you know, you're, you know, you just feel for yourself, you're all aimed at serving. Everything is aimed at serving. And because of that, everybody is going in the same direction. And um, <coughs> that really gives you a very special sense of common purpose. And that reminded me of a certain scripture in Acts chapter 2. I'm sure many of us think of that. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Key phrase. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, when we do the church study, when you're studying with someone who is thinking about being a Christian, we, I, I always show them this Bible passage. It's such an inspirational uh, template for the, the, uh, the early church and also a template for the 21st century church as well. You yeah, have this amazing experience of people being together, God being Lord over all of them, then being brought to, 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 to places in their faith and miracles being done which they would never have imagined being possible before, um, before everything happened in Acts chapter 2 earlier with the 3,000 getting baptised, with the Holy Spirit coming, obviously Jesus having just been risen from the dead. And it's, it's quite an amazing thing I found for me on the Hope Volunteer Corps because I was able to experience this probably in a more full way than I ever have before. Next slide. I've highlighted here all the areas that I think um, the aspects of the 
uh, relationships in, of, I suppose, Christian relationships come up here in Acts 2. You know, when you go on Hope Volunteer Corps, the Apostles' teaching and the fellowship, that's the God. You know, the very much the centre of Hope Volunteer Corps is to serve God. It's not about some sort of just teachings on being a good person right. or achieving good things, good, right. good, wholesome things for the earth. No, we're, 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 we're focusing on Jesus' teaching and the body of believers. You know, breaking of bread and, 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 and prayer. You know, we pray together on the Hope Volunteer Corps. We eat together. We, uh, we, 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 we break bread together. We're filled with awe. We see what God is doing. And all we can say is, wow, this is incredible to see what God is doing in our lives. And it also gives us a wow about what God can do when we go back to wherever we're from. Uh, you know, wonders and signs. You know, we're bringing hope to people who never had hope in the first place. You know, people with your average child in Nepal who doesn't have, who some of them don't have parents. Some of them don't have any, you know, they, they live on about $1.25 a day, some of them. And you're just bringing hope, you're bringing, uh, you know, you're bringing wonder to their life. That's what you get to do on a Hope Volunteer Corps. And uh, all the believers together have this real sense of togetherness. We're all in the same place together. We're all eating together. We're all studying our Bible together. Um, we have everything in common. Again, that goal, that, you know, that focus of we're all looking to serve. We're all looking to please God. How can we know God better? Mm-hmm. Giving to whoever has need. You know, when you're on a Hope Volunteer Corps, if, you, uh, if you're ill, you certainly can get uh, a lot of tablets from someone else. Because we're all willing to share, it's a serve, we're all willing, willing to share. And there's very much that sort of, um, that sense. You're, you're together every day, you're meeting together, you're again, you're breaking bread, and you're enjoying the favour of all people, just like in Acts 2. Next slide. You know, I suppose it's easy to say, it would be easy to say, that's, you know, that's Nepal. That's Indonesia, that's halfway across the world. This is Thames Valley. And I suppose one thing I would want to bring home is, in Thames Valley, an experience like this is possible. This is possible. Sure, we might not all be staying in the same hotel. We may have jobs that we have responsibilities to leave. We have children we need to take care of. We have, uh, you know, things are different here in Thames Valley to in Nepal or in Indonesia. But it is possible to have an experience like this or to help our lives become closer to that than they might be at the moment. Next slide. Two practicals that I sort of wanted to very briefly go through before Guy actually shares. Practical number one, to help our our fellowship become richer and to help our, uh, I suppose, us feel more connected like the early church. Treasuring and maximising the organised meetings of the body. (coughs) I wonder when you last were asked by a, by a colleague at work, why are you always busy on a Friday night? Why can I never get time with you? Part of being a Christian is having sacred time where we have time with each other. We have time where we spend time to uh, encourage each other, we share the Bible with each other, we get real about our lives with each other. And it's e- so easy in our lives for those times, those, those special meetings, the Fridays, the Sundays, to be pushed aside by the torrent of work, by the things that have to be done. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it might be. Maybe you have things to do with your health. Maybe you have family things you have to do. It's easy for church, rather than to be a blessing and to be something, an opportunity to, to have time together, it becomes another list of the thing I just have to do. Another tick box of what I just have to get done. If we can treasure 
the, uh, the meetings of the body and prioritise them, that gives us a great chance to have that togetherness and that focus that the early church has. Because if we don't, if we don't have time together, we'll forget our focus. Well, part of our role of time together is to remind each other. Because as people, we forget. We get distracted by, you know, it's easy to, for me to get distracted by my job. The fact that I need to pull someone's tooth out. I'm thinking about tomorrow's tooth extraction rather than thinking about serving someone at, at a Sunday service. I need church to help me with that. You know, I had, a, I, had a, I had an interesting experience over the last few weeks. I knew that I was going to be away in Nepal for the last three, three Fridays. And I thought to myself, I need to really be there on the next Friday. And it came up at work where um, it turned out that tonight it was going to be a night where it was going to be one of, the, one, of the, one of the members of my dental practice was leaving. And they were having a goodbye do on, the, on, on that night. And I thought to myself... Gosh, this is, I want to go to that, I want to make them feel valued, but I need to be with the body. I need to be with the brothers and sisters. And it was, it was difficult to kind of have a conversation, you know, prayerfully in a respectful way where I had to say, you know what, this is important, but my relationship with my brothers and sisters is even more important. My relationship with the church takes precedence, especially given that I've been away for three weeks on a volunteer call for me to spend time with the body, just like in Acts 2. It was a difficult thing to do. But that's the kind of sacrifices sometimes as Christians we have to make. That's point one. Point two. Thinking about spiritual, you know, spiritual goals, common goals, always be looking to find opportunities to achieve a common spiritual goal with other disciples. Some of us young people, G will remember this well, we got to go and go evangelizing in Reading over the last sort of Probably in July, we went evangelising about three times, was it, on, on, on Wednesday nights. We went and invited people to an a, a international church service in, um, in Lower Early. And we had such a great time. It was great to go out there and share our faith week in, week out, doing, uh, you know, sometimes feeling like we were getting absolutely nowhere, sometimes getting told, I'll never come back to Reading because you invited me to church. That's what me and Hyrule got told. <laughs> a ridiculous comment. But, uh, you know, um, but there, was that real, there was that real sense of being in the fight together. And I wonder if there are some ways where you can get into the fight with your brothers and sisters even more than you are. Maybe it just means you've got a, you've got a journey to and from work. And simply taking time on the phone... To have, that, to have that extra discipling time that will be difficult to get in your regular time because everything else is so busy. I remember when I was young and I'd go and get time with Elliot Manku and mum and dad would always make sure they would get time with Tidham and Joan at the same time to make sure that you know, they would be getting some sort of uh, discipling relationship and you know, maximising their discipling relationship at the time. That's an idea if you're a parent. I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to berate you and tell you what you should do. But, uh, you know, there are always these ways, I think, where we have an opportunity to be looking for common spiritual goals with each other. To be looking for, uh, where are we going here? Like in Acts 2, they had everything in common. And like on Hope Volunteer Corps, where are we going? You know, when we were out evangelising in Reading, we had a goal. You know, when you've got your disciple relationships, the goal is to be more like Jesus. Anyway, there are two practicals to, to think about. I'm now going to hand over to, to Guy to, to share about her experience in the
Um, so you can go to the next slide. Um, so this is um, one of the slums in, in North Jakarta that um, we were um, serving at. We were helping and um, we were teaching. There's lots of different things going on. So there was teaching, um, the children there, and then there was a women's clinic, which I was helping to organize. There was also lots of construction work. We had a few disciples who worked in construction, so they helped with building kind of the just different parts, bits of the infrastructure there. And then also, um, else, there's just basically lots of different things going on. Um, and in the mornings, we would there would be a lot of manual labor. So I was like making cement, making it up from it, um, and it was yeah, it was yeah, really funny. And, um, I was just like. <laughs> um, and then in the afternoons I was helping out with the women's clinics and basically be getting the women in the community together and answering their questions on whatever they wanted, like health related things or women's health or um, basically just getting to know them as well. Um, so next slide. So yeah, this is the area where we were trying to make a playground for them. So we had to clean this whole sort of, you can't tell how big it is, but we had to kind of clean this whole area. So the first day involved just picking up rubbish. And it was about, it's like 30 degrees temperature. We were out there um, and it was very challenging, <laughs> um, physically, mentally. Um, and I was just like, what have I got myself into? <laughs> this is, and we have to do this for the rest of the week. Um, so yeah, I think that was actually quite, that was actually quite hard, um, but, I think, yeah, I think we had to really um, learn to get strength from each other and from God. Um, the next slide as well. And then this is, yeah, making cement. <laughs> so it was, yeah, I learned a lot. About um, <laughs> how to make cement <laughs> and lots of different things. Next slide. So, uh, yeah, the first day was really hard. So I was like, I need to find a scripture to help me get through. that also really got me through the week because we're doing this for them um, mm -hmm. and this is about 
we had a cart for them, um, and they, yeah, they were just so loving. Um, I felt like we were there to serve them, but I felt like they just loved us so much more than we loved them almost, so that was really great. And this is one of the women's, um, kind of we got together, was um, the women got together in the community, and we were just trying to teach them just basic things about um, whether it's hand hygiene, food hygiene, um, and women's health, things like that. Um, so, uh, one of the scriptures that were shared at um, the devotional that we had, a demon that we had, was the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this is where, um, so, um, one of the experts in the law asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And um, Jesus obviously tells him, tells him this parable of a man who was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, and um, he gets beaten, and things um, all this thing, he gets beaten by robbers, and he's lying on the side of the road helpless, and um, and it's there's priests and Levite who walk past him, and then there was a the Samaritan helped him and um, gave him met, met his needs, even though the Samaritan was different to him. And I know that at that time, Jews and Samaritans did not get along. Um, and I think I just uh, yeah I love this these, this scripture that says which of these three do you think is neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Yet to the Lord replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Um, I love this scripture because um, it makes, I think about the priests and the Levite, and they just couldn't be bothered. Um, and I think about the Samaritan, he could be bothered. Um, and I think there are times in my life where, say, at work or um, with my family, I just can't be bothered. And it's just, it almost seems too hard to and have mercy on people. It just seems too hard, like it seems like so hard to find that energy to have a heart for people. And um, the Samaritan does, um, uh, you know, the Samaritan loves um, chosen his actions, um, but he does care. And I think um, this was shared at one of the divas and um, one of the brothers did a great lesson on this and said the good Samaritan is like Jesus for us. And he, Jesus is the one who, um, he picks us up and he um, heals up, he, he sorts us out really and looks after us and when we were helpless, he was, and that really, that really motivated me to think, well, Jesus did that for me, I can have the heart like that for other people. Um, so yeah, I think that definitely, I think I could really bring that back when I came back in terms of that work. Um, it just motivated me a bit more to just be more willing to have the heart of people at work. I think it's hard to, obviously it's hard to meet every need, <laughs> um, but it just made me, um, yeah, just I feel like God has really developed what wants to develop that heart. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, that's basically um, yeah, what I learned. And I think I, I think I just want to, I guess I just want to continue in that. And I think there are lots of different ways we can have a heart for people wherever we are, um, whether it's just encouraging a disciple who's um, a bit discouraged or um, hang out with non-Christians and yeah, helping them where they're at and just being their friend really um, and also just there's so many different ways and um, yeah, but I'm just grateful that, yeah, I'm grateful God has done, has helped, has loved us so much, so um, yeah, and that's, that's my thought.
you know, I, I hope tonight you found uh, you know, it's been encouraging. I hope it's been uh, uplifting the idea of uh, really the idea of service in, in everyday life, the idea of having a togetherness uh, with, 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 between in the church, and the idea of bringing back Jesus' heart as Jesus served for us to serve other people. Because that's what I think. That's what we all know. Really, this world needs. We live in a, a world where things hurt. And uh, you know the, the, we live in a hurting world, and uh, what's really required is a sense of unity, and what's really required is a sense of you know really loving each other, uh, you know ahead of ahead of all else. So uh, and I hope uh, you know as well as that you think I need to go next year to on, on one of these hope youth calls. There's another one in Nepal in uh, in next summer. So uh, speak to me if you want to go on that. I'd recommend it highly. I'm sure you know Gayatri does as well. Anyway, thank you very much. Let's have a great time.